0: Hi everyone, welcome to Let's Talk About Skills, Baby. I am your host, Kelly Ryan Bailey. Each week, I chat with inspiring visionaries about the skills that make them successful, how they develop those skills, and their innovative approaches to improving skills-based hiring and learning around the world. Come learn what skills help you live your best life. This week, I'm joined by Tessie Anthony de Nassau. How are you? Hi, hi Kelly, I'm well, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about our conversation. Oh, me too. So let me give a quick little background about Tessie, everybody. Um, Tessie is a social entrepreneur, businesswoman, philanthropist, UNAIDS ambassador, public speaker, activist, medical doctorate, and PhD candidate, and a mother of two boys, of course. (laughs) Uh, Tessie is the founder of the global consultancy Finding Butterflies consultancy, which aims to be supporting governments, institutions and business leaders in impact projects, educational campaigns, women inclusion and conference attendance and organization. Tessie is also an associate at LSD Ideas at the London School of Economics. Her commitments to education can be seen in her charity, Professors Without Borders, where she holds the title as president and co-founder. They bring top level educators and global experts to the doorsteps of students worldwide in order to develop talent. You just have so many wonderful accomplishments here, Tessie. I know that you're also an ambassador for UNAIDS, global advocate for young women and adolescent girls, and is a patron to the UNA UK. In the past, Tessie spent five years in the Luxembourg military during which she was deployed in Kosovo as a peacekeeper and only woman of her draft. Tessie is also currently working on her medical doctorate and PhD in integrative medicine. I absolutely love that and I feel like that's going to be part of our conversation Tessie just on the side when I was reading this through. (laughs) I'm also going through my own sort of like health adjustment with a functional medical doctor right now. And I was like, wow, that's something I've been reading like textbook after textbook about this. So anyway, we'll, we'll get back to that. (laughs) But Tessie is also the co-founder of the sustainable fashion brand called Human Highness. Last week, she had the debut at the Luxembourg Fashion Week. Is that right? That's right. Gorgeous capes. Um, And I just love what That stands for as well, sort of this like cape for women to wear, to feel stronger is how I would describe it. I know you'll probably go into it in more detail, but they're beautiful. And after an impeccable educational journey, Tessie decided to put her theory into practice. So she actively promotes a number of issues, as I have mentioned, which is including global health and women's rights. She is passionate about pushing different agendas to benefit the sustainable development goals I love. And has committed her time and energy to furthering the work of organizations in which she believes in. Moreover, she is actively committed to strengthening basic human rights for all and empowering young women and adolescent girls around the world. She got bestowed the Dame Cross, excuse me, Dame Grand Cross of Order of Aldolfi of Nassau from HRH Grand Duke Henry of Luxembourg. Moreover, she received the Woman of the Decade Award from the Women Economic Forum in January 2017, the Humanities Medal for Spreading Humanistic Ideas Worldwide and the Global Empowerment Award for her work in Africa. She was also named Leader of the Year in 2019 by the Leadership Academy in Luxembourg. Tessie received her honorary doctorate for her work in and around education globally by the Paris College of Arts in May 2019. She's also been awarded almost 10 other distinctions for her work in education and women empowerment globally. I won't name them, them all, but I do wanna mention the distinctions for 2020, which are Professor Honoris Cause from the Institute <clears throat> excuse me, of Brain Chemistry and Human Nutrition in London and Freedom of the City of London, which as she just told me is really quite amazing because you're the first Luxembourgish woman to receive that as well, correct? Yes, that's right. Amazing. Tessie holds an MSc in International Studies and Diplomacy. She has certificates in sustainable business from the Harvard Business School and pandemics and epidemics from the University of California. She also holds a diploma and has actively worked for eight years as a trauma psychologist in Luxembourg. Currently, Tessie lives in London with her two sons, but travels pretty often for work projects, which which I can completely appreciate.
1: Well, now with Corona, if we can, right, traveling
0: is much less, but a lot different than it was for sure. (laughs) So Tessie, one of the last things that I just read off was this um, certificate of pandemics and epidemics from the University of California, which just stopped me for a moment because of Corona. Was this something that you went after through this COVID period or was that something you were interested in prior to COVID and coronavirus happening?
1: No, I did that way prior. I did that uh, because I was writing my thesis on biological terrorism, huh. and I was working in a P-free lab at the Luxembourg Institute of Health and was studying pandemic and epidemics at the University of California, Irvine, um, just as a side study, just to complement my, my thesis. So um, because I'm, I'm very passionate about the medical space, but also about the politics and the policy writing around it. And so I combined it with my thesis on biological terrorism. So it was just something to complement my, my research at the time. But that was years ago. That's like four years ago. But who would have thought it would have become so timely to really? have something like that uh, in, in your repertoire for sure.
0: I can imagine I have there been a lot of requests coming to you just because of this background and this paper that you would written this extra research because I can I feel like now it would be easy to pull out some of the knowledge you received from that and use and I'm, I feel like the, the news these days they're just looking for anyone who has any additional information or perspective on on this epidemic.
1: Um, I did I did get some requests, but then i rather forward them to my other colleagues who actually have their PhD specifically in epidemiology and, and pandemics, just because they are way more equipped than, than me just writing my thesis on it. Because I think now specifically with Google and everything, everyone seems to be an expert on everything just because they have done one course in it. And I surely do not want to be categorized <laughs> like that. So I know what I know. And I know that I know some stuff about it, but I would never ever um, put myself out there right. pretending I know
0: everything. So i readily rather leave that to the experts who have a doctorate in that. I completely appreciate that. <laughs> it's so easy. Um, so, well, let's take this back a little bit. I have mentioned, I mean, I am so impressed. I mean, you are such an inspiration when it comes to all of the work that you've done throughout your life. But I'd like to maybe dig in a little bit deeper and learn a little bit about sort of what led you to where you are today. I think it was really a progression in life. I think it
1: should be like that for everyone. I didn't plan to be where I am today. Um, Asking my younger self of where I think I would be 10 years ago now, I would have never have dreamt that I would say, oh, I have all done all of these degrees even 20 years ago. I have all of these degrees. I have two children. I'm divorced um, with a new partner, living in Switzerland and London. So it's just, yeah, I think it's just uh, how I live my life and how I have gotten into the things I am right now. It's just a progression of interest as they have been evolving, as I have been growing myself uh, through, you know, always keeping informed. Um, there's, there's one thing I really put always forward, and I always raise my kids like that: is that if you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what you don't know so either you study it yourself or you equip yourself with the right people around you that can educate you on that so I think it's just as we evolve with all of the new current issues as well as we have with corona for example um, you just I just kept adding to the things I'm doing and then also through podcasts such as this one wonderful people have gotten in touch with said oh I like what you're doing or I'm doing this," and. Partnerships have evolved of this. So it's really very organically that I got to where I am today. However, one key tool I needed, one key skill, is uh, resilience and patience. It's really about nothing comes from nothing. So um, I did work hard for where I am today. It didn't, it was not just given to me, because I'm sure um, some people listening to this as well. Would be like, oh yeah, she was married into the royal family. She must have been given this all by herself, you know, because she was where she was, which is not true. And I think it's mm-hmm. so important, specifically as women, we still face that stigma that wherever, whatever success we have to our name, it is being lamented and, and pushed down because mm-hmm. something must have had kind of like pity on us to give it right. to us. Right. So um, I think there's hard work. So um, I work on weekends. I work on holidays. I work, I work in the evenings. I work all day. I work a lot and I'm not complaining about it. I really love it because it's important to love what you're doing or if not, then change it. Right. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's hard work to get where you are. And that was for me the same. Um, so a lot of energy, a lot of work and um, yeah. Yeah. That is where I am, where
0: I am, where I am right now. Yeah, of. no, and, and I really appreciate that, because I know that there are plenty of people, and it doesn't matter really honestly what background you have, I've just found the same thing, that a lot of people, especially towards women, for whatever reason, are sort of like, well, you know, you must have something that's created this luck for you, um, and I know- it's the same. And I, I actually have this question back for you because I'm a mother as well. You know, that period of time, especially when the children are young, it's really difficult, but I'm assuming based on the fact that you just mentioned resilience and patience that you just continued to push as hard as you could. And that's my question for back to you is, is how, how was that time period for you? Did you find that, you know, it was, you know, how, how maybe did you use that resilience to help in those moments when, yeah, it tends to be a little bit harder because there's so many others that need you?
1: Yes, I think, you know, life is not always the icing of the cupcake, isn't it? So I think it is really about... Um, yeah be patient with oneself. that's the most important part because only on patience and self respect can you also value resilience inside you mm-hmm. um because they go with each other. It's like a triangle of change, right You need to have all three balanced in order to it to for it to work sure. so with the resilience part, I think it's you know I do have as well my days where I'm just exhausted and I think, oh my god i I will not succeed and People don't like this and they don't like me. (laughs) I'm a bad mom, you know, and and all of these doubts, you know, it's absolutely natural for everyone. And if you would not have that, then something is wrong. Because if someone tells you they don't have that, they're lying because Mm -hmm. every human being has that. And um, yeah, it's just you grow the resilience and you feel what works for you because my resilience and how I build that skill for myself is completely different to you for example Kelly know, right? right. it's like a fingerprint it's like your earlobe it's yes. personalized to you um mine came from you know from the military I had a huge burnout after my divorce and and you know going through all of these ups and downs what life Brings you right yeah. just as a human being, which mm-hmm. you know, I would claim everyone has their own cross to carry, right? Mm-hmm. So, I would never judge a book by its cover just because it looks easy on someone, doesn't mean he or she hasn't worked really hard on that, right? right. Um, and it's just, yeah, to, to learn how to use your resilience, but also to learn to start with what is my resilience, how do I identify resilience for me, and then start strengthening that skill. Mm -hmm. because you need to see it first in order to grow it right right Um, so yeah it's just for me I just have grown it over the last years and um and try as often my children that they understand resilience comes from heartache you know resilience comes Mm -hmm. from turbulence resilient come from chaos you know, it's kind of like, you know, you cannot grow a flower in a ground, which has not been fertilized, right. Mm -hmm. And the resilience is kind of like, like, almost like a burning bush. After a wildfire, the ground is the most fertile ever. And that is kind of what it is, right? After turbulence, after when the sun, when the sky is gray, after each sky is always a blue sky, there's always a sun somewhere, you know, it's just Or after the rain will always be sun, you know, you need all of these components. So you do need also the bad moments in life in order to create resilience and appreciate the good moments you have. Yes. Um, So that is how I have been working on it. And that's how I have been giving that experience to my children for them to learn about their own resilience.
0: Right. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because a lot of times, I mean, especially now, There are, I I know I was looking up a Harvard course the other day that was focused on resilience. And it's great to be able to have resilience described to you and maybe some probing questions for you to understand how that resilience is showing up in yourself. But like you said, at the end of the day, it's only something that is very personal to you, it's only something that you can build in yourself. And, And although I would say, you know, for you, from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like you very much appreciate formal education um, and which leads to a wonderful foundation, but you still have to do the work to find that in yourself. Um, Especially that you mentioned having those days when, you know, it's just, you just have a bad day, right? Everything sort of comes at once. I know I had one of those on Saturday myself, (laughs) which, you know, I just sat around, read a great book, tried to relax and And just, you know, get back together and kind of came at it strong on Sunday after I just had that moment of feeling a little sorry. And then you Mm -hmm. keep going. Um, But we're all human. And that's just the way that it is. And there can't be the up if there's no down.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think that as well, you know, uh, that creates authenticity Mm -hmm. um, for others to, to believe also your path that you're walking, you know. It would be it would be odd if I would say oh everything is great and I have you know there's no problems and you know I don't have anxiety like all of these lies that we're trying to tell other people yes. because we don't want to be seen as vulnerable, weak, unsuccessful. We just don't want people to judge us in any way right, right. And um, and I think it's just a balance you need to find for yourself you know what? what makes you feel good and how much of everything do you need in order to create that balance for yourself?
0: Yes. And it's, and it's that prescription that's like ultimately ends up being your own because yours won't work for me. Mine won't work for you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You know what I find really interesting about this is just, you know, that I feel like prior to COVID, maybe there was a turn happening in what I would say like mental health awareness I mean, it was, of course, you know, World Mental Health Awareness Day on Saturday, which is why I timely had my breakdown and relaxed and <laughs> celebrated. <laughs> but but what I'm thinking is there was this, you know, this sort of feeling in our world where it was more acceptable to just be our natural selves. And failure, as I know you talk a lot about innovation as well, and, you know, failure is just part of the process. And I think we were trying to hide all these things. And then it's like COVID hit. And I feel like everyone sort of had this moment in time collectively and globally (laughs) for for the first time to almost have no, they had to live out loud. And I wonder if, you know, I'm curious your thoughts about this, if you have felt this as well, where it's more acceptable to show yourself as, you know, your true colors.
1: I think uh, what I have seen with COVID is that um, There is, we just need more communication with one another. And there's all of these channels of communication. That's why I launched my Zoom o'clock on YouTube as well. Because I just felt that people needed to feel connected to one another in a world where we were for the first time in our living history, for sure, our generation, you and mine, forced to stay at home, right? We have never had that before. And I think um, we needed to feel that belonging, that connection to to the outside world, right? So we had a really great opportunity there to connect, but also to connect communities on, on, on topics such as pain and fear and, and you, know, um, you know, the economy, but how it affects the people and not just the governments, which are not always, uh, their biggest interest is not always the, the interest of the people as you can see in many, many different countries around the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: just about, you know, it's really about bringing back the power to the people. And I think we have seen the revolution of online communication and exchange, which has been really beautiful and very fertile for a lot of different um, projects and um, issues. Um, but uh, at the same time, as you mentioned, I have seen as well that people more openly talked about their vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. Because I think that is what the world needed. People needed to feel connected and see there's also other people who struggle, but other people who are maybe not that approachable normally, you know, celebrities and royals and and government leaders that you would not really see exposed like that. And I think we needed that. Um, I certainly felt inspired Mm -hmm. by some of the leaders uh, like Michelle Obama and, and, um, and others who really talked openly about their vulnerability and mental health as well. Mm-hmm. But Michelle Obama said as well, you know, talked about depression and yeah. other things. I think it's just so powerful because yeah, COVID-19 has exposed a lot of these stigmas mm-hmm. and has exposed a lot of these illnesses, these silent pandemics we're yes. going through in our societies, which no one wanted to talk about, you know, also domestic violence, right? Oh. All of these things have been laid bare a bit more, which I'm very grateful for that we finally talk about that more. Um, But at the same time, it has also given the space, sadly, for online bullying and trolling to be much more active as well. Mm -hmm. And I think now more than ever is a time really for regulations where people are being trialed and are being sued, really, Mm -hmm. or put put back in their place for the words that they sent because I think words matter and um and we it's kind of like that verbal diarrhea we see on Twitter and everything it's just like like that throwing up of stuff yeah and then every two minutes they change their mind and there's all of that confusion and it's just really about you know make people accountable for their words and and make them understand that words are powerful they can make and break societies and I think COVID-19 has also put that very clear that that people don't understand you know you cannot just put something online under a pseudonym of xy 17 xy or whatever and not even put your real name there I think hopefully regulations one day will change that where people you know we're all for freedom of speech express yourself Mm -hmm. but then put your name there for people to come and talk back at you Mm -hmm. and defend their own opinions towards you as well I think that's really important that there's a conversation and not just a one-way ex, like like an excel like almost like an I don't know how you want to say it, like just like a venting of one's own frustrations towards the world and people then, you know, react to it emotionally, really destructively, but they have no outlet of getting back at you in a constructive way where they say, why did you say that? Or did you realize that, you know, that is actually not nice because, you know, there's just no accountability anymore. And I think COVID-19 has expressed, has exposed that as well big time. Yeah. And so I an advocate for um, regulations online. And I know that Monica Lewinsky, a dear friend of mine, is also very strong in that space because while well, she has been the first victim of cyberbullying. Definitely. She?
0: I was going to say yeah. she must have had and a she, ton of it. Yeah.
1: Yes. And she's still it's suffering bad. today because of that, you know, and, and I think, yeah. um, and I think you know, to protect our children, me certainly might. Oh, Yes. Yes, Uh, every other mom and dad listening to this, you know, we need to collectively as parents as well, uh, with our own skills and our own network and power, uh, push for more regulations for that, because otherwise, we're not going to go into the right direction and not using this, the outcome of this pandemic in the right way to actually create something constructive and sustainable that actually benefits the society
0: as a whole. And, you know, the interesting thing I find out, find about people that are expressing themselves this way um, publicly on the internet is that most often that comes from a place of a mental health issue as well, because like that comes from a place of anger. It comes from a place of frustration or whatever other things that might be happening in your life. And, you know, no one wants anyone else to suffer. We all agree with that, but we also don't want to project that onto other people and create additional suffering. I think that's part of the reason, like you said, when you started your zoom (laughs) o'clock, it's part of the reason I started this podcast was because I was just seeing all around me people that were sad going about their days. And that I just couldn't understand that because yeah, I mean, yes, of course there's hard work. um, And don't get me wrong. It's, you know, I, there might have been windows or doors that were opened because of, you know where I came from, but it doesn't mean that I didn't take those opportunities and do the things that had to be done to, to create something from that. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like if we could spread some spread some more kindness and have people see that there are wonderful, like you said, collaborations, partnerships, all of this wonderful chat happening virtually that doesn't have to be negative. I thought, you know, if we could only move that needle, just the littlest bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it makes such a difference, you know, if every person on this planet just tries every day for 15 minutes just to be nice, have nice thoughts, say nice things, be constructive, just every day for 15 minutes. And people say, oh, yeah, I do that. or that's easy. But actually, you know, the day goes quick. And it's just, you know, to do one good deed a day, which is not in any interest beneficial to yourself. Right. But really just benefits someone else. I think that would make a really big difference. You know, Um, I try it with my boys. And and it's really, you know, just to be consciously there for others. And not just saying that you are, but just be there. I think it's it would make such a difference for the people around you and and that trickle down effect we see so many youtube videos and yes. instagram reels yeah. and all of that where people show the trickle down the chain reaction of one nice thing right and how trickles down yes. to do for these people to do other good things i think that could be definitely that yes. should be a silent pandemic that i would like to right? see today
0: I completely agree. And I think about all of these initiatives and all of this policy work that you're focused on and imagine if people were to be that way towards one another, how different it would be to get in a room with policymakers and help them, you know, guide them towards something that was more fruitful (laughs) as opposed to, right? And how much, I mean, I just wonder all of this work that you're doing with women's empowerment as well, you know, how different it would be if, when we were raised from young people, women and men, right? That men weren't told to hide their feelings, that women were okay to express themselves, that all of the reverse things that we've been taught were just perfectly fine. And it was just the kindness.
1: Exactly. I think it's just a part of how we talk to one another. And as my partner actually said a few days ago, he looked at me and he said, you know, being kind and being nice is a muscle. Mm -hmm. he said you just need to train it it might seem a bit silly at the beginning but it's just something you need to train your brain until it becomes automated because it's not something sadly we are in use of all the time right Um, and it's just you know even myself sometimes when when i read some comments or when people get really mean I get angry too inside me, right? And it takes me as well, at least a meditation to just understand, okay, these are not my problems. These are not my words. These are very frustrated people who feel probably lonely, have a mental disorder, are bitter, angry, jealous, whatever it is. Yep. And I just need to, you know, take away that energy that they are trying to put on me mm-hmm. and just let it ha- let them have that back. It's theirs yep. to keep and not mine. And it's just—it's a continuous exercise to not fall into that loop because it's easy, isn't it? It's so it's easy. easy talking bad about, yeah. about someone, but it's yeah. harder to talk nicely about someone else and keep it, uh, yep. keep it up, you know. Yep. And so um, I think, yeah, it is really like a muscle you need to train, like you train a muscle for meditation and calmness,
0: right? Uh, and, and some days, you know, you do a medit- you do meditation and for whatever reason, you just feel like you can't get into that moment of Zen. And I think like, if you've like, I do meditation every day as well. And there are just times when that's, it's, it's, it is a practice, right? So there are days that it's just easier than others. And I feel like that's the same way with kindness. There are times I completely agree. Um, I had a, a sad fa- falling out with someone earlier in the year and I, at first um, felt the bitterness, right? Felt the anger of the, and then I realized, I was like, actually, it's just me being upset at their reaction, not actually what happened. Mm -hmm. And I will be sad for that, but if this is like the better case scenario for that person, then I sort of, but there are moments where it just like strikes up at me that all of a sudden this like anger that I initially felt, and I'm like, no, that's just, That one moment, this person is not a bad person. (laughs) You know, you have to like talk it to yourself because it's so easy. I think our brains, right? Aren't they naturally just set to keep ourselves safe? And that's just like, it's natural reaction.
1: Brain, right? The hunter-gathering brain. Yeah. The the negativity and the fear, that's what kept us going, right? That's what kept us surviving. Kind of like, do you know that Disney the Croods Yes, kind of, my kids you know, love that movie. Is okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad, 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 bad. Yes. Yep. But, uh, I think, you know, maybe now also because of COVID-19, we have that kind of like that revolution of communication, but proper communication, because I think also COVID-19 has also triggered a, a, a problem with trust between yeah. states and leaders, you know? Oh, yeah. And, um, and I think it's that's why it's really the power of the people to trust in one another and be there for one another and just be kind and yeah just have that sense of community my neighbor you know right yes the weakest link of the society reflects your society right Mm -hmm. and um, you know i think i think we have a real opportunity there as the people to make a difference and push our leaders or representatives to do what is best for the community and not just what is best for their pockets and for themselves.
0: Yeah. So a lot of this, I mean, I completely agree with you and I'm curious how this relates to a lot of the work that you do in policy because I'm sure this is something that is, you know, over the years you've just spent so much time with these groups in various countries working with them. Is there something that you're seeing different from like pre-COVID versus after COVID or is this fear causing, Difficulty in negotiations?
1: I think the fear, I I think it definitely has created some fragmentation. Mm -hmm. Um, We see it as well, you know, just the fact on which country you can travel when uh, you can need to self isolate 10 days here, five days here, 14 days here. Here, you don't need to isolate at all if you have a business exception. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, Um, it's just all of these fragmentations. No one shares the same opinion. The European Union is fragmented. There's no one thinking about the same thing. And it's true. We have some countries who have more infections than others, and they are benchmarking it on that. Mm -hmm. But then with that as well, you know, Luxembourg has been put on the red list in so many countries because we test more, Mm
0: -hmm. you know. uh,
1: We test around um, 6,000 to 19,000 people a day. Wow. And it's just, you know, as a small country that we are, compared to neighboring countries, then we test like a thousand or four thousand people a day and they have millions of people. We have only 700,000 inhabitants right. in Luxembourg. Wow. And it's just, you know, yeah, there's some real bad communication. And there's also some stinging, you know, um, just short term politics talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, for their own interests again and so yeah I have seen definitely that there have been some fragmentations but I have also seen where there have been some countries coming together where they were just saying okay this is really a pandemic a global pandemic you know it doesn't discriminate by border it doesn't discriminate by color it doesn't discriminate by the size of your wallet mm-hmm. you know and it's really about it Ben, it should a vaccination, for example, should benefit everyone. Yes, we are, there's a race towards the vaccine, right? Who gets it first, Right. which is also a joke. I think they should be working all together. Um, but um, I hope that, you know, there's some discussions between different leaders, certainly at the European Union. People try to talk to each other and, and, the, and the leaders, they do meet one another to talk about that issue. And that's good so let's hope the outcomes come out i'm, I'm obviously not there so i cannot speak for right. them. i know what i see in the news which obviously everyone right. listening to this knows the same mm-hmm. um so I, I don't do predictions because i don't know but i do hope as a citizen of this world and also for my children and my friends and my family that the things that they discuss are in the interests of everyone and that no one is being left behind because also one of my fears is mm-hmm. that vaccines have been trialed and have been you know done in the UK and the US and so on but um, if you look you know the they they say that as well some corona strands vary depending on the DNA structure so the culture right yes so in Africa for example the DNA it's the same they call it the HIV AIDS the next HIV AIDS right because Mm -hmm. that one as well the the the, the anti-retro medicine depends on, you know, which region the HIV AIDS is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I think COVID 19 as well has a few different strands, mm-hmm. as far as I understand. And I hope that the vaccine includes everyone. Right. Also um, people from from less uh, developed countries, mm-hmm. you know, from, from the developing countries, from Africa and from rural India and from uh, you know, some states in Thailand and South America. I know that South America has been in trials, included mm-hmm. to some extent, but you know also, also some more developing countries. I would love to see that too, because yeah. you know, again, the vaccine should be there for everyone. And right. if we don't do that, then it's just gonna come back, right? Because people mm-hmm. travel no matter where you're from. Right. And that developing countries. Right. So, um, yeah, I hope that our leaders make the right decisions. I know it's a really hard time to make decisions and a really hard mm-hmm. time to be a prime minister or a minister of health, you know, and I really commend them already on their work because they are obviously there for a reason. They have the mm-hmm. skill and talent. Do they please everyone? Of course not. You cannot please no. everyone. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a hard time. And I hope that they collaboratively can take decisions and put the egos and differences yes. aside and work towards what really unites us which is humanity in itself yes. isn't it?
0: it's so true i can't recall where i read this and i wonder if it was when i was reading through some of your history um but it, it may not be so correct me if i'm wrong but there was something to the effect that i read recently that had to do with keeping women especially in underdeveloped countries healthy because they really Take care of the family. And I wondered, um, as you were just describing some of the things and making sure that this vaccine is for all, all, which I completely appreciate, do you think there has to be also maybe a special consideration for making sure that um, women who are taking care of these families are also well taken care of? Or Because I have not traveled as extensively as you have, so I wouldn't have firsthand knowledge besides what I've seen and read on how some of these kind but I can only imagine that in some cases, maybe women might not be first thought of. For
1: sure. No, and we have seen that, you know, now with the COVID-19 as an example, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of money that has been allocated to women, uh, sexual health and all kinds of other things in developing countries, as an example, has been allocated now to COVID-19 responses, meaning that women cannot access the other sexual health and birth control and, uh, all kinds of other treatments and medication, oh. you know, and uh, not forgetting that COVID-19 oh. has made that unpaid care work is one of the main works we need to do because even cleaning your house is part of keeping yes. COVID-19 out of your house. Yes. Because I read today, I think it was the telegraph where it says that, um, the COVID-19 bacteria remains on surfaces up to 36 hours, right, and it's just really, you know, if you want to tackle COVID-19, really, other than just wearing the mask and wash your hands, you also need to sanitize your house, Mm -hmm. make sure everything is always cleaned regularly, and that drop is mostly given to women, isn't it? Yes, yes. And, um, and, yeah, also, you know, with the HIV AIDS pandemic, then going as an example for that as well. With the COVID 19 pandemic as well, people are not able to go to the hospitals mm-hmm. to get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, the same for cancer, right? Yes. In the UK alone, I think, what was it? Uh, since the beginning of the year, we have 250,000 less, um, and, and the number, you need to look it up, but it is okay. a crazy number. Okay. Um, of um, newly diagnosed cancer patients wow. and not because, because cancer they're not is afraid, going to get screened but it's because people don't go into the hospitals and the doctors don't take they they, they don't take new patients nope. they want to keep them out of the hospitals right and people are afraid to go to the hospitals yes. and I think you know that's the same for HIV AIDS as well people are not going to get tested um, it's it's really difficult also you know for for example for birth control right as a personal thing as well you know I needed to get um, a new birth control and the doctor said oh yeah we 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 don't have time now come back in a few months and I said what do you mean you know I said oh I just I said I cannot put my life on hold just because you don't want to see anyone I said you know I have my needs too you know I, I know a friend of mine who didn't go to the hospital with pain she had in her breasts. Oh, no. And she was diagnosed with breast cancer, oh. but she had that since February and yeah. she didn't go to the hospital until
0: now. It just happened to a friend of mine as well. And I, it's, it's so, it's like, but I remember having these conversations and I'm sure you did with your friend. She was having this pain and we went through like, well, I'm not going to go to the emergency room. The doctor's not going to see me. We tried here. We have something called like, um, it's like not the emergency room, but it's like emergicare care kind of, like it's in between doctor's office and emergency room. And so she had decided on that, but they didn't offer those kinds of, so it was like months of trying to figure out where to go. And then finally that was the diagnosis. Yeah, it's so sad and really for cancer, it makes
1: every day makes such a difference, you know? And I think that is a huge problem, huge. And yeah, going back to HIV AIDS, you know, in developing countries as an example, you know, there's no, the infrastructure is being scrolled down, you know, um, they can't access the medication, which if you don't take the antiretroviral right. medicine, the body gets immune against it. So once oh. you take it then again properly, the body doesn't react to it and it's like void. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't know that, you know, that proper prescription and medication taking is key in order to keep pandemics like that uh, in check. Yeah. And, uh, you know, UNA certainly is talking about that all the time mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, it's, it's really, I think I think there's a lot of things in the background that need to be adjusted now. You know, we're talking second serious lockdown in the UK now. We have yeah. had, what is it, 14 and a half thousand newly infections a day uh, in yeah. over the last two weeks. It's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But then again, we're talking about lockdown, right? They want to put it in phase one, two, and three now. But what happened to the other things that are needed, right? Getting birth control, getting screened for cancer, getting your medication, whatever that might be, getting tested for HIV AIDS, um, even just getting tested for all other things, you
0: know, get your vaccinations up to date. It's like that should be part of this consideration of lockdown is just to make sure people know what to do Cause that's what I feel like, you know, and I don't, I don't live in the UK, so I don't know the messages that they're receiving besides what my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law described to me who they do live outside of London. But here I know that the fear that is being produced by what messages are being sent out to everyday people is causing that same effect where they're not going and they don't, and then they don't know what to do. So they're too scared. They're too afraid to ask. And then they're just not doing anything. But I feel like if there was basic information around what to do when this is the scenario, that would be so helpful beyond the whole lockdown. I get that we need the structure for that and we wanna keep people safe, I get that, but just so that they have some understanding. Of
1: course, yes, but that they put things in place as well for the everyday life to continue. Yes. yes. Because, you know, I'm just afraid that we're getting out of this pandemic having so many other pandemics. Yeah. In the background, you know, and it's just it's just not fair because, you know, everyone lives their own life and has their own needs. And I think within that as well, maybe briefly, we can get into the discussion of of what should an insurance do, right? A health insurance. And I think I, I know America is not the topic for that, but for Europe then as an example. Right. Of course. Because I think you should have only health insurance. That they pay you as long as you're healthy mm-hmm. when you get sick you should stop paying because mm-hmm. then they haven't done their job meaning that they should send out there's some scandinavian countries who do that yes that they send out okay six months you're allowed at home you need to come for your screening right if you don't mm-hmm. then you get fine that's your yes. problem. yes yeah for screening here your teeth um your your blood test that you do blood work once a year and all of these things just to kind, it's an initial investment, it's true, Sure. But within that space, you're less likely, you know, the prevention is so much greater oh. than being faced with with just ma- maintenance once you are ill, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, maybe pandemics such as this one will kind of change the, the insurance landscape yeah. because, you know, we're all wearing these Apple watches, right? A lot of people do. We oh, have yeah. The right who takes the heart rate variability and all of these things so if you would link that to your insurance right you can you need to prove i do sports every day yeah i meditate every day you know and then your your policy goes down right that you really that kind of like we do personalized medicine more and more why don't we do personalized medical insurance
0: you know, and I, just, this, I totally agree with you. This is a, so my husband's in insurance here in the U S well, actually his, I think his organization might be based in the UK, but um, he we've had this conversation for the last couple of years about this, like reform that's needed. And, and I completely agree because I feel like, I mean, and this may have a little bit to do with the integrative medical degree you're going after right now as well, because that's what I'm learning is that I, I had a, so I'm reading the book right now by Dr. Ballenstein Sarah Ballenstein I think is her name. And she was sort of like the initial person who described like the autoimmune protocol diet. And so that's what I discovered is that I knew I had um, a thyroid problem that'd been going on for a long time, but they've discovered through a functional medical doctor. And of course, a bunch of tests that were not covered by regular insurance, <laughs> um, that I have oh. a number of other autoimmune deficiencies. And what I've learned was that the way that I'm eating like a typical, especially American diet, um, is just very unhealthy. And I'm, uh, what I'm reading about right now is just sort of how to adjust and how that makes a huge difference. But of course, like this is a a personal prescription for my body. I learned that I'm allergic to coconut and avocado and like some really things that were, are considered healthy, right. That I would have continued to consume had I not known, but of course my husband may have different food intolerances that I have. So what he do, could do for his own body to maintain health might look differently, but of course we never have this discussion. It's always about the band-aid of, oh, you have a thyroid problem. Let me just give you Synthroid and let's call it a day. <laughs>
1: Exactly. And the same, it was, that's the same with mental health, isn't it? Right. Mastail, because I do as well. I talk about it very openly, you know, about mental health and people always think, you know, when I started talking about it, actually, just start, go back a little bit. Yeah. Well, a few years ago, I had a burnout and I openly said I had a burnout. And the press, of course, was like, oh, my God, she is depressed. And all of that rubbish, right? Clickbait at its finest. Oh, yeah. And actually, you know, what I have been always saying is that, you know, people are always like, wow, you go to the gym three times a week. That's amazing. Wow, you're such a bull, right? You're so strong. You're so skinny. You're so amazing, right? But if you say, oh, I I, I see a psychologist once a week, people mm-hmm. are like, what? What's wrong with you? Are you sick? Is there anything you want to talk? I'm here if you need to talk. No, right. I don't need anyone. It's like a muscle. The same as your body, so is your brain, you need to train that muscle and also decompress the muscle. that is. I I see a psychologist
0: once a week. I do too. And I I also, by the way, I've changed the stigma. So my husband used to say the same thing to me, like, oh, great. And now I call her my life coach. So like, it's a whole, it's like a very positive thing in our family. I'm like, I'm going to my life coach. Okay. See you guys later. (laughs) Because that's how I look at her. I'm like, every week, if I didn't do that, it's just what I need to be able to express things that are going on in my head and kind of create these strategies. If I wasn't, you know, you can journal all you want, you can talk to your friends all you want, but it's like that third party. I totally agree with you. I love it.
1: (laughs) And people always think like, oh my God, you know, I don't want to be categorized like that. They're afraid again, what other people think of you? But you know, it just, for me, it keeps me really focused because it also shows me, oh, okay, maybe I should, like they, as you said, you know, a psychologist is like a life coach because they tell you, oh, have you thought about this? How does that make you feel? Because your emotions are part of the way you work, right? Yes. And they, it doesn't cost much. Like no. my psychologist, you get all of these apps online where you can have video calls from an yes. app. Yeah, it costs you like 45 pounds a week, exactly. right? That is like that is like free coffees. Exactly. It? It's and not- uh, yes, I know some people cannot afford that as well. It is a luxury to do that. But I know as well that in the case, sure, certainly, and in Luxembourg, there's also um, um, services where you can go and get it for free.
0: There are a lot of those in the US as well. And so I'm going to mention that, like, I think all over the world, I think you just need to go and find it. So don't, yeah. I know like you and I can sit here and say like, I'm making this investment in my physical, emotional, mental health. That's the way that I look at fitness, eating healthy, you know, going to my therapist once a week slash life coach. But even if I didn't have the resources to do that, I would actually not stop that whatsoever. I would just figure out how to make it happen. There's so much out there if you just look for it.
1: Yes. And I think also, you know, It's, it's, it's really an investment for yourself because if your brain, like when I had a burnout, right, I did artemis therapy, which is kind of like a magnetic
0: oil they put on your brain. Oh, I've had something with like, they do it and they did it in my hands.
1: Yes. It's really interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, what I've learned is, um, well, I learned what crook system, the mental health system already is. There's a lot of people who want to take a lot of money from you. And I think it should be available for everyone as a normal thing. As yeah. going to the dentist every six months. Right. That should be included in your in your insurance plan.
0: Potentially childcare. I'll just throw that uh-huh. out there.
1: <laughs> and, and, um, but at the same time, I remember my doctor telling me, you know, um, because I was still working hard, like every day, the kids, the household, everything. While I had the burnout at the beginning of my divorce. And the doctor, one day he came to me and he said, Tessie, let me ask you. He said, when you break your leg, what do you do? I said, you don't walk he's like okay when you have a problem with your lungs what can't you do sports okay he says when your brain is broken what do you do i was like and he says you stay at home and stop thinking and just relax he said i cannot believe that you're still doing all this and that is i think also a stigma you know that yes. we just think and that goes with the resilience what i learned for myself I think it's just, you know, and I know some people listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about, that you just can't be vulnerable and you can't be seen as being, be having struggle or anxiety or depression or whatever it right. is. And they take, they rather take Lexotan and Xanax and Prozac and all of these other things mm-hmm. to cover it up than really going to the base and actually working on it. And it's hard to work on it. Again, it's, it's not easy. Yep. And it took years to balance my whole body because I was really broken. Mm -hmm. and um because of sadness and so on right but it's just uh yeah that that people really take that time and um yeah it is an investment but going back to it there's so many things who are there for free just inform yourself because it's kind of like putting fuel into your car you don't put fuel in the car will not run yeah that's the same for your body what you put in you get out
0: and that's it's, it's so funny you say that because one of my favorite quotes is like, what kind of gasoline would you put in a Ferrari? Well, of course you would put in the best, right? So <laughs> and that's and how we have to think about it. Right one.
1: Like it's a yeah. performance machine. <laughs> exactly. You put the wrong one in the Ferrari breaks down within yep. a minute and it's yep. broken. Yep. Okay. That's what so I yes, learned. I mean, expensive it's oh, expensive well,
0: to fix the Ferrari, right? Because also it's once, very body body is broken, once it's broken, yes, yes. exactly. Once and the body then, is broken, yeah, it
1: just takes forever to get back. Because yeah. I see so many friends who are struggling, who have these signs that I had at the beginning, where I was like, "I'm just tired. I need to rest. It's going go to go away." Going, yeah. But I just pushed it away until it really became very bad. And I see them, and I tell them, "Listen, I know exactly what you're going through. You need to." pull the brakes and take care of yourself right now yes. because otherwise once you're broken, you're really broken. Yeah. And some of them listen, others don't. And I see them fall down and then really understand what has happened. And then they're like, Oh, if I would have known, you know? Yeah. So um,
0: I'm yeah. glad That's- you're sharing <laughs> the awareness around this. And I'll add to for our audience that like, you are not alone. I had something very similar happen to me. It was after I had my third child and I just kept trying to go and go and go. when my body was completely depleted over a really difficult, high risk pregnancy and working and traveling 90% of the time, three weeks after the baby was born, like just thinking that that was completely normal and fine. I would travel, I was on IV medication and people still remind me of this. I traveled to California for a 10 day period. They had to ship my IV medication. I mean, like, what in my right mind was I thinking that was going to be the right thing to do? But it's no wonder that nine months later, I completely broke down the worst postpartum depression. Like, everything in life just became so hard. And it took me years to work back up to maybe with even even in, within the last two years that I felt a little bit of myself back.
1: Yeah, it takes forever. And it's really, your body gives you signs over and over and over again there's no secrets no. and i think it's just really and that's why meditation is important as well i think also if you share this video do share as well good practices of meditation which are free yes. you know, there's really good channels on youtube for example that i do yes where you can do 10 minutes meditation i do 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes at lunchtime and 10 minutes in the evening before I go to sleep. And yes, sometimes it's a pain in the neck and I really don't want to do it. And I make my partner do it. So I force him. But it's, it's, you know, it just really yeah. helps keep yourself focused and your body regulated because you, you kind of connect with yourself. You kind of have a call with yourself. Yeah, where your body tells you, okay, I'm a bit achy here today. I'm a bit tired here. You know, maybe a bit more soothing is, is needed today. You
0: know, it's so important. So it's so important. The one, the app good. that I use, which is a completely free app is called Smiling Mind. And it's like one of the virgin companies but they the reason that i use this beyond that it's free it has so many different meditations and they're geared towards there's like an adult section but then there's also like a classroom section there's a kid section so i do this with my kids religiously actually my son um just really lo- like he cannot go to sleep without it and so we listen to it at, at, at bedtime as well but there are ones that are like sometimes meditation for kids this is the interesting thing is like sometimes it's the quiet but other times it's the active. So some of the kid kids' ones are like more upbeat music, soft spoken, but it asks kids to move their body, which I just find to be, it's just really nice. So anyway, that's a free one. And I'll make sure I share that when oh, I share yes, this
1: video. to share that one as well. No, yeah. it's so important. Also, maybe also if you can, some if you find them, some links to free uh, psychological help, if you yes. have them for yes. the U.S. Definitely so you look them up for the UK and send them to you, or you probably have them from your mom as well. And Yes, yeah, I can definitely but, uh, ask them for them just that, people, that there's no more excuses, you know, that yes. it's just there. Um, and, you know, like also something I do every morning, which has helped me tremendously. The first thing I do in the morning and it costs nothing um, besides if you go and get it outside is one kilograms of carrot, a piece of ginger, and two fennels, two pieces of fennel. And and, I make juice them, and yep. that is what i drink doing during the morning. And
0: it has helped me so much, Not only my skin has cleaned. We, and- we are like, I swear, this is so funny because we were like following this. So I do celery, carrots, uh, cause I'm apparently I'm allergic to beets. So I used to do beets, but I do celery, carrot and cucumber. And I use my Vitamix. And I know my husband's like, that looks like grass. Sometimes I'll put kale in it. I don't actually juice it out. I just drink it just like that. <laughs> wow. But it's
1: wonders for your skin. It's amazing. And also, you know, it will cost you probably in the US, what, $2.5 $2.
0: for yes. all of that? It's so, so easy. It, right. In the UK, yeah. like 70p a kilograms yeah. of carrots. And, but right. you know what? The other thing that mm-hmm. I do that people don't probably wouldn't do because I make it into a smoothie. I'll buy the carrots with all the green stuff. I literally just wash it really well, cut all of that up. Cause I would never eat it and just throw it in there. Yeah. Just
1: throw it in there. Exactly. I think it's so important also for the regulation of your stomach, because you know, the regulation of the stomach, the stomach is your brain of your body. Yes. If you feel like your stomach hurts, it's hard or you have diarrhea or cramps or whatever it is, anxiety comes from the stomach as well. Oh yeah, It's often that your bacterial in the stomach is not very happy. So probiotics as well, specifically when you take antibiotics, which a lot of people don't know as well, probiotics and kefir is so important with antibiotics because you kill everything inside your stomach lining and that includes the good bacteria. Mm -hmm. And I think with juices like that, you just create that balance towards your whole body and, um, you know, it just keeps you really, really healthy. So definitely that yeah. as well. And I can share some of my mixes if you
0: want. Yes. Um, you can do yours. So it's yeah. really this podcast becomes like the well being podcast. I know, um, right? But you know what is funny about this is that when I talk about skills, I, what I, the first thing that I think of, like the foundation for my life skills is those micro habits every day that keep me level because for people like you and I, and again, this has what we just described happening in our lives, like our burnout, this is like, everyone has this happen at some point, unless you read the signs. And in all honesty, like if you've experienced that, the stuff that we do every day to be able to stay, what I would call for myself, like even, um, that is really important because if I miss my three workouts a week, then you better believe it on the weekends, I'm going to be tired and cranky and watching Netflix and eating stuff that I shouldn't eat. That's going to just make me feel worse for the next few days. So I have to keep those pieces of my life every day so that it I don't fall back into like what I would refer to as bad habits. But the, people might not say their skills. I truly believe those are the most important life skills because your brain and your emotions and what you focus on because your view of life, if you don't have that strong, is really terrible. And anything else that you do is so much harder.
1: But the thing is also what is important to say is that every new habit takes 21 days Mm -hmm. to become a habit. So if you're listening and you want to do that, don't just do it for seven days and then say, I did it, didn't work. It needs to be at least 21 days for you to really feel a difference. That's also important because Uh, You know, because I have people who did, oh, I did it for five days. It didn't work. And I'm
0: like, yeah, of course. And I also would say, don't do it all at once, because this is the one thing that I, when I first started this, I was like, well, I'm changing everything. I'm changing my whole life around. And it was like, I'm going to do the right workout, like all of it. And then of course you just like, can't change all of your habits in that period of time. And of course, for me, I had young children. So that was like the added, you know, layer of difficulty, but I focus. So this is what I do. And I don't know if you've done this Tessie. I focus on one change of habit at a time. So right now my focus is on for my, this is my 20, and I do 30 days just because I like to give myself a little extra grace, but like 30 days, I'm not going to eat gluten or dairy and I don't eat it a lot, but I'm really making a huge effort to make sure it's not cooked into any of my food as well. And so this is my next, I'm on day two. (laughs) two. Okay.
1: Good. Well, (laughs) mine, mine right now is the meditation that I do. Three times a day, 10 minutes. Yeah, And I'm on day six. Awesome. But it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. But, yeah. you know, and my partner, he's like, can we do another one? No, I don't want to do that. You know, and yeah. it's just, no, you just need to say, no, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And just stick to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that is mine at the moment. So I'm at day six. And yeah. yes, i agree with you, not everything at once, because then you're just over stressing your body and you're really setting up you set yourself up for failure again. You do. So just one thing at a time. And once that is established, you will do it naturally because you've seen the benefit, then you're ready to add something else, to change something. Because actually you're not adding it, you're just changing something yeah. for the better.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I almost, although I want to leave on this like super high note, I do want to give you we're coming to the end of our time and I want to give you one last moment to maybe leave with us some parting words, and that's completely open-ended, whatever you feel like you would like to share.
1: Well, I'm in Switzerland right now. That is the birthplace as well, where the residence where Carl Jung died, just Mm -hmm. down the road here, where I live at the moment. And he says something which applies to a lot of things, I think. One of my favorite quotes of him is, When two people meet, a chemical reaction happens and both are transformed forever. Whatever that means, but something happens. And I think that way, don't be afraid to be kind to others, even if you don't get it in return. Don't be afraid to talk to others. Don't be afraid to reach out to others. Um, Don't be afraid to vouch, to stand strong for what you believe in, but always be constructive and inclusive meaning don't be aggressive about it or negative because with negativity you never change anything so yeah just just don't be afraid of that chemical reaction that waits for you around each corner every day
0: i absolutely love that fabulous parting words now I know we didn't get to a lot of the things you're involved in so some people may be interested in keeping in touch with Tessie so you can follow Tessie Anthony Dana so- Dana so Dana Sal, Am I I feel like I got it wrong Yeah no it's good it's good it did? Okay oh, good Very good <laughs> She's available on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or on her website TessieDanaSow.com. And I will make sure to share that when I share this video and podcast on social media as well. But I want to thank everybody for listening in to Let's Talk About Skills, Baby. Um, If you like this podcast, I would really appreciate some feedback, a review, a rating, all of that great stuff. It's available on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. And you can find me, Kelly Ryan Bailey, on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter as well. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye.